0: Alright, welcome back to the Green Mountain Sports Roundup. I am Ernesto Sanchez. I'm here with John Downing. Marty's going to be phoning in today, and we are here to give you a quick roundup of this week in sports. Johnny, how you doing?
1: Fantastic.
0: Um, So before we get into uh, the thing everybody's been talking about all week without end, I want to ask you a question. Have you seen The Mandalorian yet?
1: Yeah, actually, I watched it today. I saw the first two.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, it's awesome, isn't it?
1: It is good. Yeah, curious to see where the mini Yoda storyline goes.
0: <laughs> well, the thing, the thing that I really uh, enjoyed about it was just kind of um, the pace and the tone. Uh, there wasn't a lot of dialogue. It was kind of very action-driven. It was campy without being silly. It was fresh but also nostalgic and surprisingly gritty.
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see where it goes. So this was set after Return of the Jedi, after the fall of the
0: Empire. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can tell because Lando is old as shit. Right. Old Billy D. Yeah, so excited to see where that goes, and also kind of um, impressed with the rollout of uh, Disney Plus in general. I think they did a nice job with that. Uh, Shout-out to Scott Griswold, my man, for for hooking me up with the passy.
1: Nervous about the... uh, star wars rise of the skywalker i've heard that they've had to scrap the scrap the uh the movie itself after they did uh, test audiences and they trashed it and then the owner of disney uh didn't like it and then they had to get back to george lucas and redo it so i think they're on like their third incarnation of it and you know i just hope they do it right
0: so it's sure to be disjointed and all fucky
1: maybe all right. which, which sucks, consider can you know because it's the final one we're gonna get in the chapter, so we'll see.
0: Alrighty, but uh, I guess we'll get right into um, our number forty ones, episode forty one. Not an overabundance of uh, of guys for this number, but uh, I think we got a couple gems here. We'll kick it over to uh, Marty first who is participating this week by, uh, by sending us a couple audio clips. So uh, we'll send it over to him now.
2: My number 41, guys, probably one of my favorite players of all time, especially in basketball, uh, Dirk Davidsky, Um Drafted 1998, first-round draft pick by the Dallas Mavericks, which we all know is or was at the time. Uh, just struggling franchise um, from the get-go. Uh, nothing to brag about uh, before that uh, in their lifetime, really. Um, you had you know Jason Kidd and Jamal Mashburn and that era of basketball, but never really was at a tipping point of being great. They're always somewhat competitive, but Dirk Nowitzki definitely changed the franchise and the face of the franchise. We're talking about a four-time, 14-time All-Star. Uh, was NBA champion in 2011, uh, MVP of that series in 2011, six-time Euro player, still regarded one of the best Euro players ever to play the game, 15 NBA appearances, once being with Dallas, um, which is unheard of for that franchise, to go back to what I was talking about before, but also uh, just changed the position, in my mind, in the league, um, one of the best power forwards to ever Play the game in my mind to be able to shoot the rock from that from the three-point line outside To be able to have the ball handling skills that he did the passing skills that he did um, And to be able to back his player down low and control the post as well the guy was just a force to be reckoned with uh, was a master of his craft and Will be considered in my in my mind one of the best players to ever play the game my number 41 Dirk
0: All right, thank you Marty John, any thoughts on old Durkee? I'm
1: um, very similar player, I thought, to Larry Bird. Um, that's all.
0: Okay. A high compliment. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll go next. Um, I did a little bit of a nobody, but somebody that I, I kind of watched... Uh, early on and uh, and was happy to see him succeed a little bit later. Uh, I went with old Robert Bortuzzo, born in Thunder Bay, Ontario. He was drafted in the third round, 78th overall in 2007 by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, he's one of those hard-hitting uh, physical defensemen uh, known to drop the mitts from time to time as well. In 2013, he scored his first goal in the NHL against Martin Brodeur. And that same year, the Penguins uh, went on a lengthy playoff run. John, I'm sure you remember it well. And Bortuzzo was scratched for every game of the Eastern Conference Finals. I wonder if that had something to do with it. (laughs) He was traded for um, two-time Stanley Cup champion well, eventual two-time Stanley Cup champion, Ian Cole. Uh, so I guess that trade worked out for us. It was traded to St. Louis, uh, and, we, and we got a nice penalty killer in, in Ian Cole. So during practice in December of 2018, uh, there was a story that came out. Uh, Bortuzzo and teammate Zach Sanford fought each other in practice. Uh, and this was in the midst of, you know, St. Louis had a, a bad start, obviously. Uh, the, the story is well-traveled and uh, had lost eight of their last 11 games at that point. And five days later, the Blues doubled down on him and signed him to a three-year contract extension. It's kind of lore of the team that that fight on the ice is one of the things that helped them uh, turn the ship around. Uh, they eventually turned around the season on the back of rookie goaltender uh, Jordan Bennington. And they went on a on a run, eventually winning the Stanley Cup. But old uh, Bobby Bortuzzo contributed with the game winning goal in Game Two of the Western Conference Finals. So, like I said, um, known to drop the mitts a bit. Good fighter. He's had at least one fight in each of the last seven years, and in two thousand fourteen and fifteen, uh, topped it off with seven fights, including uh, fighting Jordan Tutu twice in one night. So. Definitely a tough customer there. In 343 games, he has scored 14 goals, 39 assists, 53 points. He's a plus 25, though. Uh, Like I said, uh, how many tilts? Over 20. So, good for him. And the Stanley Cup. Can't beat that. Bobby Bortuzzo. All right, Johnny?
1: Okay, my number 41 is going to be Christopher Allen Sale, professional baseball pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. He is six foot six, only weighs one hundred and eighty pounds. Um, affectionately known as the Stickman, Chris Sale. His career one loss record is one hundred nine and seventy three, with an ERA of three point zero three, and he has two thousand and seven career strikeouts. He played for the White Sox from two thousand and ten to two thousand and sixteen. And he's played for the Boston Red Sox from 2017 to currently, and next year starts the start of his new five-year contract, which probably wasn't the best thing for them to do, signing a pitcher over 30 years old to a big contract like that, especially somebody who gets hurt towards the end of the year, year after year, after year. But nonetheless... He will be a Red Sox for the foreseeable future, unless they decide to trade him away. Uh, He is a seven-time All-Star, making it in consecutive seasons from 2012 to 2018. He pitched uh, for the World World Series champion Boston Red Sox in 2018, recording the last out of the World Series against Manny Machado in Game 5 in Dodger Stadium. He's a two-time AL strikeout leader in 2015 and 2017. He holds a couple MLB records, uh, the first of which is 1.23 career strikeouts per innings pitched. Pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. Uh, He also holds the record for best career strikeout-to-walk ratio, 5.37 career strikeouts for every walk. Um, And then the third record he holds is he's reached 2,000 strikeouts in the fewest innings, um, in only 1,626 innings. Um, He's from Lakeland, Florida. Um, but like I said, he starts every year very strong because he's skinny. They've worked uh, numerous times to try to get him to build up throughout the year. But if for him, it's just a mentality. When he gets on that mound, he's a bulldog and he just can't hold anything back and he lets it all loose. But then by the time the All Star break, late July, early August comes around, he's seems to be a broken down man every year, and it's unfortunate. But you know, with his size, he just he just can't put together a full season of dominance. In fact, I'm not even sure he has one full season uninjured. Maybe one, but I think that was bad to have been with the White Sox. So we're looking for that, but I don't know if it's going to come at now that he's over 30 years old. So we'll see. Um, I do love him. Love watching him pitch. He's uh, the be- the closest thing to watching Pedro Martinez pitch when Pedro pitched with the Red Sox in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, he's just electric on the mound. Um, So hopefully he can stay healthy going forward and deliver more World Series championships. That's number 41 for me, Chris Sale.
0: All right. We'll keep it to baseball here and move on to the news that is dominating MLB at the moment. Of course, I'm talking about the Astros and their sign-stealing ways. And we'll get Marty's take on it.
2: Yeah, so we're talking about the Steel Strohs. Where do you even begin with these fucking chumps? Uh, As a fan, I'm super pissed off, uh, that being one of my... My teams in baseball that I followed since I was a kid uh, was happy to see their championship uh, run a couple years ago. Um, so now you got to question just the integrity of the whole organization, starting from the top all the way down to the players. Obviously, there's no rules that were in place for this, and it's a big learning curve for the MLB. You got to imagine at the owner meetings uh, in the off season. That this is going to be a huge topic of discussion and where to go from here. Um, but where's the integrity of the organization and the players that are on that team and the coaches, um, you know, across baseball? That's just you just kind of broke uh, just a common ground of respect in my mind. We all know that stealing signs has been something that's been going on for decades in the league, but at a certain way in a certain way or at a certain level for them to go video and digitally enhanced and go this far uh is definitely unheard of and uncalled for so definitely uh it's going to be interesting to see how all this unfolds uh throughout the course of the off season and going into next year um and how these players and coaching staffs are judged from here on out uh by other teams by their peers
0: okay those are uh, marty's thoughts john do you have anything to add
1: I Are mean, you talking to me? I'm a Patriots fan. What do you what do you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, if you're not if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Well,
1: okay. So, Spygate, we all know they, you know, all the teams were filming the other sidelines. They were just doing it in the wrong location. They were told not to do it. They continued to do it and against the Jets where their former coach Mangini was coaching and he knew where they were doing it and he got them busted for it. And so, they of course, you know, anytime there's a quote-unquote cheating scandal going on you know it's always blown out of proportions especially when it's with a better team one of the better the better teams in the league um i think that every good team smart team tries to find any single edge they can possibly use it's professional sports let's not be uh, stupid about this the margins uh that the the, the Edges, the margins where you uh, can find an edge are very small, slim. The players are all incredibly trained, highly skilled athletes. Uh, So finding an edge is difficult. I always think back to the uh, movie uh, that Al Pacino was in. What was that called? Any given given Sunday, Al Pacino is the coach. And he says, he's saying to the team, we will fight for every single inch on this football field because the inches are, are the difference between winning... And losing, and we are going to be the ones to get that extra inch. And I think that, you know, like I said, the smart teams are the teams that will try to find that extra inch. And the Red Sox had a thing in 2017 with the Apple watches under John Farrell. They were using the Apple watches, but they said the Yankees were doing it too. I believe most teams have some sort of thing like once a year. It seems like it happens. couple years ago the Indians had an insane home record and it was said that they had something going on in center field even years before with the 90s Indians that those great offensive juggernauts team they were said to have the guy in center field at Jacobs Field who did the drum banging that his drum beats were to assign to the players which pitch (laughs) was coming I don't know if that's true but that you know it's a rumor you've heard these things over the years um, play, players at the bat are always looking into the pitcher, at the pitcher, especially with the films now, trying to find out if there's a tell on which pitch they're going to be throwing. A lot mm-hmm. of times they can find, well, a, a lot of times, sometimes they can find out what is the next pitch is going to be by what the pitcher does with his glove, how he holds it. Um, I remember, I think it was Strasburg said after one of the World Series games, or one of the championship games that he was in, that he said he noticed something that he was doing, he adjusted it, um, they self-scouted, they found it. So as far as the Astros go, it does seem like they were going a little bit overboard though because you're not supposed to be having the center field camera and their whole scheme was very elaborate. You know, they even the latest news is that they had a little device on their, on their batting gloves. Um, and you can kind of see it in some of the pictures. There's this weird little thing. It almost looks like a little sticker on the end of their index finger of their batting glove and the device would beep one time two for fastball, two times for curveball, off-speed pitch, and so on. I don't know if that's true, but that's, you know, mm-hmm. some of the hearsay that's starting to come out. But what is true is they were definitely banging a, banging a garbage can in the dugout, and now there's also some evidence that, or pictures that show that in 2017 that they were... You could see the video cameras in the tunnel when they would walk down to the tunnel in their dugout at home in Houston. I do know this. The Astros players are terrific players. I do know in the 2019 World Series against the Nationals that all the road teams won in that series mm-hmm. every single game. So, I mean, how much home you they were the Astros on 0 and 4 at home, 3 and 0 on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so, is it giving them an edge more than maybe it's helping them mentally? Possibly. I don't know that the... And the numbers don't... You know, they're a good offensive team. Were they maybe a little inflated? Maybe. I just don't know how much. But they did they cross the line? Yeah, probably. I think so. But is it unprecedented? So the, the level is maybe unprecedented. But we've seen but sign-stealing schemes been happening for years going back to the early 1900s with the third base coaches doing it. So, I mean... It's always going to happen. Teams are always good. Teams are always going to try to find an edge. So, am yeah. a, am I beside myself, up in arms about it? Oh my God! What are we going to do? What about the children? What are we going to do? You know, no, Stick it's not that pins. big of a deal to me. So,
0: all right. Um, well, maybe this will be a, a slightly bigger deal to you. It seems like Alex Cora, the manager for the Boston Red Sox, um, World Series winning manager, m- might I add. Might be heavily implicated in these schemes as well.
1: Potentially, yeah.
0: What does that do for his legacy?
1: Would you think, that he brought it over to the Red Sox? Maybe they were doing it in 2018. They did knock out the Astros that year in the playoffs. I don't know. It doesn't help, that's for sure. I mean, he's been very arrogant since he's got here. Very arrogant about how, like, you know, he's reinvented baseball pretty much in Boston, and, you know, he's the reason that the team was so good, and he fell flat on his fucking face this past year. Mm-hmm. and after his, you know all his talk about we're gonna be better than we were the year before and he did not have his team anywhere near ready to go his pitchers were a shit show from day one so you know if Cora thinks that he has all the answers he thought he did clearly he didn't he doesn't Does he gonna look bad probably we'll see how bad
0: all right so that's gonna take us into our clip of the week
1: Okay, so this clip is from the London series, which happened last June of 2019, where the Red Sox and Yankees played in London. And if you remember, the Yankees swept those games, scoring an insane amount of runs. I think they scored uh, like 40 runs combined at the two games. They were just bombs away, home run after home run and so this is alex cora talking post game about the yankees edition of a new assistant manager carlos beltran so cora and beltran were both on the 2017 astros as assistant managers working or assistant coaches uh, working closely and now they're going to be interviewed by mlb uh, to see how what their roles were in this uh, cheating sign stealing scheme and I find that this clip is really interesting because it's Cora talking about how much of a help Beltran is to the Yankees so here we go
2: that's a good offensive team we know that uh, they're, they're a lot better than last year
1: the attention to detail is phenomenal I was joking with somebody that their
2: biggest free agent acquisition is Carlos Beltran <laughs> Uh, you know, he,
1: I know how it works, you know, he, he, he's helping a lot.
0: Well, John, that's pretty damning.
1: doesn't sound good. So, I mean, I don't know why you would come out and say something like that when you know you two, the two of you were up to something the year before or two years ago in Houston. Why would you come out and say that? Just keep your fucking mouth shut, Cora. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, pivoting away from baseball. Uh, John, I just wanted to ask you uh, a question. The college football rankings um, just came out again, and uh, they had LSU at the top, uh, number two, Ohio State, both at ten and zero. Number three, Clemson, at eleven and zero. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but but didn't didn't Clemson win? Aren't they the reigning champs? No, you're correct. How in the fuck are they ranked? How is uh, They have a better record than either of the two teams above them, well, when and you, they're the reigning champs. I just don't understand just, how this uh, system When you works. play
1: 10 of your 11 games against, against East Buttfuck State, <clears throat> you don't get much credit for those wins, and I think them being at three is a product of them having won, what, 25, 26 games in a row now, being defending national championships. That is the credit that they're getting. But if their schedule has been absolute shit this year. So they're already getting the credit by being in there. LSU being number one, that's where you're seeing you playing top. They've beaten four top ten teams, LSU. They deserve that number one spot. Clemson. Like I get it. You now you want to say that someone should be number one until they lose. I get it. But well, if, if your you... schedule doesn't dictate that, that's where college is different. If your schedule doesn't dictate that, then it doesn't dictate that. LSU's earned the number one spot. They beat. They won at Alabama. They've beaten Florida. You know they've beaten Georgia. They've beaten all the good. Te- they've beaten all the good teams. Everyone they've played four top ten teams. Clemson has yet to face anyone remotely good yet. Um, but if they keep winning, they're going to be there and they'll be in the national championship game. So. They're, they're where they should be, I feel like. Okay. The disappointing loss for me this week was Minnesota, who lost to 10. I was ready to jump on the bandwagon, uh, all in on P.J. Fleck as the Road head the coach. And the Minnesota Golden Gophers hadn't been good since 1942. And, you know, they had the huge win at home against number four Penn State last week. And they follow it up. It was a tough game. They followed it up with a tough loss at Iowa. Uh, they were a three-point underdog, so it wasn't really a huge upset. But it's just disappointing to see that they couldn't carry over the momentum and parlay it and to keep going undefeated. So um, that's pretty much it for Minnesota, I think, as far as the college football playoff goes, which is unfortunate. And uh, Baylor as well, another one of the unbeatens. They had a 28-3 lead. Sound familiar for Patriots fans over Oklahoma on Saturday night. And Oklahoma comes storming back and pulls out the win at the end. And so that's it for Baylor. That's pretty much it for Minnesota. Uh, they were good stories, but it looks like we're going to be sticking with the powerhouses this year in college football.
0: Alabama's at number five. Uh, do you think they have any chance of staying there uh, after losing Tua?
1: No, no. And that's another thing where Saban's, arrogance and cockiness and it got the best of them. It clearly Tua was not healthy going into that game. He did not practice all week. He didn't look right in pre-game warm-ups That was well reported and documented. Mississippi State's not a good team. Alabama was huge favorites over them. Uh, they got up big early, 28 to 7 in the first quarter, 35 to 7 in the second quarter, and with 2 minutes to go before halftime, Tua He had already been sacked a few times as well. You could see that he didn't have his normal mobility because of his previous ankle injury is what he had going into the game. And then he gets sacked and he dislocates his hip and he has to have hip surgery. And the whole tanking for Tua thing is now out the window. And who knows if his career will ever be the same. I do also know that this is the fourth surgery for Tua Tag. Tag Loa in the last 28 months, four wow. surgeries, including a core surgery, a hip, uh, hip surgery. Those are major, major surgeries. Uh, and if you remember, that the hip surgery is what killed Bo Jackson's career. Mm-hmm. You know, thankfully they got it right away. It's, their surgery was successful.
0: They're saying that it's not going to be the same type of injury. I'm as hearing Bo that Jackson, as well. I'm... Because they were able to get it back in, and there wasn't uh, a lot of but when blood it, flow loss.
1: When it comes to hip injuries, though, it's never good for an athlete, especially. One that relies on mobility, such as Tua, who is kind of in the mold of a young Steve Young, you know, left-handed mobile mobile quarterback. So will he drop in the draft? Most certainly. Um, I I almost say that he should go back and play another year in college. Not quite sure. I'm fully there yet. But we'll see where the draft pundits put him. Maybe he falls to the Patriots, which would be uh, something so the NFL would love. I'm sure.
0: Jesus Christ. So with Tank for Tua officially dead. Who are uh, who are we taking for now?
1: Um for who the, the number bang- 1 pick.
0: Who are the Bengals getting number 1 next year?
1: Joe Burrow. Which I feel terrible for Joe Burrow. <laughs> you know, they need a, they need a franchise quarterback and Burrow's the man. Even if Tua stayed healthy, Burrow had proven himself to be the clear-cut Heisman leader in the clubhouse and the top quarterback coming out of college this year. So, Burrow by you know, Tua's injury has nothing to do with it. It was going to be Burrow. No matter what. So, Burrow, the best player may be Chase Young, a defensive end from Ohio State. But if you need a franchise quarterback like Cincinnati does, you're going to take Joe Burrow. It's just the way the NFL is. You need quarterbacks to run the league. So,
0: All right. Pivoting on to professional football. Uh, before we get into the great happening, the only thing on Twitter this weekend and the week that was, let's get into the tryout.
1: Wee! This will be fun. Let's go around this fucking wheel again. Oh, I know.
0: But we have to due diligence. Uh Colin Kaepernick had a tryout on Saturday. Was supposed to be held by the NFL, and then there were some disagreements about releases and uh who was who was gonna be allowed to be there he and didn't have his receivers. Yeah. So
1: and what his cameras weren't going to be allowed to film, so he was worried about the images that were going to put out. I find it's all just a bunch of bullshit excuses. More, more of the same from Kaepernick. He doesn't want to play in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I gotta say, after this, I absolutely agree. This seemed like a publicity stunt uh, on his part to really try and put his name back in in the forefront. you know, evidenced by the fact we're talking about him right now. I guess it was successful in that regard. Uh, Marty had a few words to say about it, so we'll uh, kick it over to that now.
2: Nothing's going to change. I I believe this guy just really at this point point wants to be a, a martyr in the league. He wants to stand on his soapbox and still beat the same drum he's been beating since he's been removed from this league. Uh, and I do say remove because I do think it's a situation where the NFL and the owners did not want to take a risk on this guy. Um, it was a, in their mind, a question of losing ticket sales of losing their locker room um, and basically losing the chance to win with, with him being a starter, starting quarterback in this league that he's, his focus on being a champion and being a football player changed to be in, like I said, the martyr or the activist for change. Hey, great i understand the beginning of this and where you were going with it but uh, i just don't think just don't think any organization is going to tippy toe around this guy by bringing them on to their their team their franchise and and dealing with the the fallout that that ensues from that with possibly losing fans possibly creating a spark like i said in the locker room and putting their organization at a halt if they're trying to move forward i just don't think you'll ever What Johnny says, bet the house. I I would bet the house we will never see this guy play in the league again. The NFL does not want him in the league. And I really don't know if he really wants to be a quarterback. I just understand what their roles are and and how they go forward from this. But it seems like both sides have dug their heels in and are not going to meet halfway, not going to shake hands, and not going to really meet face-to-face as far as owners and coaches with this guy. They don't want to see him. They don't want to deal with him. That was very clear this past week. So that's my take on that.
0: All right, John, I can't say that I disagree with anything that Marty said there. No,
1: and if you're a team, and you're bringing this Kellen Kaepernick into your team to be your backup quarterback, and then it's, you know you want your backup quarterback to be okay with not taking many reps during the season, to be okay to give the limelight to the fresh string quarterback, this guy is going to take all the attention away from the players on the field, the, whoever the starting quarterback is, you know he's a distraction. You know, and this freaking guy with his with this Kunta Kinta shirt on and his own doing his own workouts with his own receivers. Let me just say this: he didn't look that good. No. And the last time he played in the league, three years ago,
0: he didn't look that He good lost either.
1: nine of ten games and he was benched and replaced by Blaine fucking Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert replaced Colin Kaepernick. So, I mean, three years later, without playing in the NFL. Didn't look that good, you know. He's gonna be a pain in the ass. Good night, Colin Kaepernick. Didn't want to talk about you again, and now I don't want to talk to you about talk about you ever again. Good night. Goodbye.
0: Yeah, scouts uh, were saying that the the arm strength was still there. He's obviously still a very talented athlete. Some accuracy issues, but but they didn't really see. Anything we hadn't seen before. There's already a ton of tape out on him.
1: He has mechanical issues up the fucking wazoo, throwing the ball, sidearm, overthrowing receivers who weren't covered in the drills.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, is he as good or better than the 100 quarterbacks that are in the league right now? Maybe. Probably. He didn't
1: run either. He didn't even run. He didn't. Test for a 40 time. He didn't run. He didn't do any of that.
0: He didn't run. He didn't jump. And he that's, that's part, part of his game. That's part of D-drills. the Kaepernick
1: experience is him running.
0: Right. But I think when you factor in all of the fallout and baggage and distraction, and like you were saying, this you're not going to draft this guy to be your star quarterback. You're going to draft him to be a backup in a support role, and you just don't need a circus sideshow like this for your backup quarterback. You'd almost rather have Blake Bortles. Well said. <laughs> okay, let's uh let's get into the week that was contested picks, Johnny. You had a touchdown lead, 23 to 30, uh heading into week 11. And
1: I had a very good week this week. Like I get... all across the board, everything was golden this week. Yeah. I'm on a football heater.
0: I you know what I had a halfway decent week for myself nice. as well. I did. Uh, I had nine points on my pick'em. It's nice and fo- you on a football heater. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Johnny. I guess we got to talk about it. Thursday night, Pittsburgh goes into the dog pound, and uh, Mason Rudolph is assaulted with a helmet. Have you ever seen anything like it in your entire life?
1: No. So the game was in hand. You know, seconds were remaining. It was what 15 seconds off when the play began. And, you know, I had the guide on looking for something else to watch as I was going to bed. And then all of a sudden, I see this melee break out. And I thought, I'm like, did I just see a helmet get cracked over someone's head? (laughs) Like, did I just see that? So, of course, I dive back into it, rewind it, and I'm like, oh, my God. I haven't seen anything like this since 15 years ago to the date actually today, Tuesday, November 19th, um, 15 years ago, The Malice in the Palace. When Ron Artest uh, went into the stands punching people, and Jermaine O'Neal knocked out a fan, and there's the whole NBA brawling incident. But it was so it was the craziest thing that I've seen on a field since then. It was whack, and I just it for me. You know, we can get into the whole Cleveland Browns aspect of it. That team is out
0: of control we've
1: Teddy talked Kitchens about this has completely all year lost long.
0: control of his team
1: they are the most penalized team they have the most ejections they have the most turnovers and this is the third incident alone that miles garrett has been in this year he had an incident against the titan titans where he slapped delaney walker um, across the face and then there was the incident, the late hit against the Jets, where he knocked out Trevor Simeon uh, cold. And then now there's this incident where he clocks Mason Rudolph over the head with his own helmet. Uh, there's just no discipline on this team. And from the get-go, from the start of that game, and all night long, you saw the headshots were flying. Oh, yeah. As we saw Juju Smith-Schuster get, get almost decapitated, drilled. He leaves with concussion and now knee injury as well. Uh, and then we see Deontay Johnson get popped in the head with a headshot, shot, uh, and his, he was bleeding in the ear. The guy was bleeding out of the ear, Deontay Johnson was. So he had to leave the game. And it just, uh, Freddie Kittens has no control. And they, he, the NFL needs to go in and pull this guy out and say, you've got to replace him with someone who can gain control of this team. And then even the next day, one of the, one of the defense defensive players for the Browns tweets out a picture of about the win the night before, saying one and zero because they that's their the Browns' new motto is let's just go one and zero this week, and they went one and zero yesterday, and let's on to Miami who they play next week. And the picture is is um, him standing over a motionless on the ground Juju Smith Schuster, and of course the tweet was then removed, taken down. I don't know who told him to take it down. It was a terrible look, but it just you know, after the Miles Garrett incident happened, you would think that Just lay kit- low. kittens right. The kittens would go into the locker room and say, you know, this is unacceptable. Owner Jim Haslett would go Haslam would go in there and be like, We gotta be better than this, you know, this is a disgrace to football. We're an embarrassment to the league right now. Uh, we basically just destroyed we had a good night, a good win. They needed a win over a division rival. They haven't beaten the Steelers in how many games since two thousand fourteen And it it was all destroyed by the one end of the game incident that Miles Garrett had committed, and then the next day, less than 24 hours later, you got your defenseman uh, posting on Twitter over emotionless Juju Smith-Schuster on the ground, and the whole thing is just the it's a ship that has has no um, bearing, no no bearing. You know, know, there's no captain in, in control. They're out of control, and something needs to be done about it because now it's affecting other teams, and you know, they're making the NFL look bad, they look bad, and it's affecting other teams.
0: Yeah. So, uh, on a on a personal note, I had had one of those days where it just seemed like everything was going wrong. You know, I was hitting every red light, dropped everything I picked up. You know, just one of those things. Well, living in Brattleboro, you always hit every red light. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the
1: way of Brattleboro.
0: Right, but you, you understand what I'm saying. Yes, it's just I like... Uh, I would get in line at the grocery store in the shortest line and then it turns out it's someone training. And then I get up there and then they run out of receipt paper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like So the writing was kind of on the wall for me with this game. And uh, I decided to play music with my buddies instead. I had my phone on the game uh, attached to my microphone stand for about the first quarter or so. And then I just saw where it was heading and turned it off and it, it was a good life decision for me cuz i missed all of this mayhem um but in the review in post of this game just an awful showing by the Pittsburgh Steelers and what a classless organization fans the mm. team everyone the uh the Cleveland Browns are uh, but i think i think most of the blame if i if i had to break it down the largest part of the blame goes on the refs for not getting a hold of that game sooner. Uh, I don't believe either of those headshots were called penalties on the field. No. And, and it just...
1: Uh, Freddie Kittens has no control. And they, he, the NFL needs to go in and pull this guy out and say, you've got to replace him with someone who can gain control of this team. And then even the next day, one of the... One of the defense defensive players for the Browns tweets out a picture of about the win the night before, saying one and zero because they that's their the Browns' new motto is let's just go one and zero this week, and they went one and zero yesterday.
0: Next, I blame Tomlin for running a play in that situation. The game is over. Get out of there. You've already lost uh, three players, three of your your most important players to your offense. There's no chance to even salvage any face there. Rudolph was getting killed. He was getting
1: killed. And he was terrible. He wasn't doing anything. He was so bad.
0: This was probably his his worst performance since the third preseason game.
1: Like I don't know how you guys are going to win again with him. I I I mean I'm sure you will, but I'll tell you that did not look good. No. Because he was just hucking the ball to the other team all night long.
0: Looked like Phil Rivers. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Which is not where you want to be.
1: November nineteenth, twenty nineteen. Like a
0: poor man's yeah. Philip Rivers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Rudolph was. Uh, oh man, I gotta wonder how how much worse is Devlin Hodges?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it seems like like Ducks got more of uh, a calmness to him, and you know he's he's not looking for the big play. He's not trying too hard. He's just happy to be there, trying not to fuck up. And taking what's given to him, and I, I think not, he makes it through his progressions. And a little not to better.
1: go off on too much of a tangent here about Steelers quarterback situation. However, I, I think I've come to this conclusion that I don't think Mason Rudolph works hard enough. Okay, now I say this because when he first came to Oklahoma State years ago, he was the number one uh, consensus player in america you know he was the next big thing quarterback when he went to oklahoma state and he never lived up to his potential he he did you know he had some good numbers but i think it was all based on talent and of course you know he was you know projected to be a number one draft pick when he eventually came out clearly that didn't happen he fell and he fell and he fell and i just for me it goes back to work ethic and ability to put like just putting in the time at the stadium. On your own, when nobody's watching, and I feel like he's not putting in the necessary time to improve on a week to week basis. And you can see it in his play. You can clearly see that he's not getting better as a starting quarterback in the NFL who cares about his craft and is putting in a little bit of extra time. Would do. You know, he's, if anything, for me, Basin Rudolph has stayed exactly the same since he first got to Oklahoma State as a freshman to what he is now today in the NFL. Exactly the same. He hasn't changed anything. He relies on his arm talent, which he has, and nothing else. And that, that for me, is just truly disappointing. I would think that somebody would have gotten to Rudolph by now and said, listen, man, you have the ability in you if you put in the extra work on the side on your own to get better and to learn and use your head Things will you know, things will go go well for you. But he just can't seem to put to put it together. Almost like a Ryan Leaf type syndrome. You know what I mean? The talents the talent's there, but the work ethic I feel like is not there. I don't know anything whether or not that that's truth or not, but it's what I see and what I feel is happening
0: with Mason Rudolph. I feel like he's not putting in the work. Um, just to tie a bow around this, this Steelers thing, so, so with Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster out, uh, St- Steelers in desperate need to plug some holes at wide receiver. Uh, also, Ryan Switzer placed on IR in the game, too. This is just horrible game for us. Dion Kane and running back Kareth White Jr. Johnny, have you ever heard of either of those people?
1: Deion Cain, yeah, he was a receiver for the Clemson Tigers a couple of years ago. I think. Indianapolis, too, right? And then Indianapolis, but yeah, he played with um, Deshaun Watson at Clemson.
0: Yeah, I've been hearing reports that he's like Ryan Switzer light. So yeah, maybe, yeah. Also, there's I don't know who we're gonna have catching punts next game. Maybe uh, Cam Sutton or something. <laughs> like, I just it's gonna be ugly out there. Make uh, a
1: Fitzpatrick return punts at Alabama.
0: Hey, that wouldn't be so bad, huh? Yeah. He's athletic dude. You'd hate to see him take him, you know, because punt returning, you'd you take a lot of big shots, and you, you'd hate to have such a pillar of your defense be taking shots. You want to see him giving the shots. right? So I don't know about that. But moving on to the uh, – oh, actually, no, we can't move on without mentioning the discipline that's been handed out. Miles Garrett receiving the indefinite suspension uh, pending reinstatement as well. Um,
1: he's going to have his his hearing is tomorrow he is um appealing the suspension because i guess the rules in the NFLPA, uh, the rules state that you can't hand, hand out an indefinite suspension there has to be a set number of games for
0: on field infractions on
1: field infractions but this
0: may what it may do though is if he fights that point it may wind up screwing him because they did they did note <laughs> right. that they are going to to suspend him for the rest of the season and any potential playoff games for this season now if he's going to contend that point they might say okay fine um so we'll give you six games plus let's another two for any potential playoff games or hell even a pen you know four God yeah, forbid could so, give
1: 10 14 games we'll, we'll give you a number sure
0: yeah so uh and he's almost almost guaranteed to be quietly reinstated next year uh, before the season. I couldn't imagine that he wouldn't be. That feels about right for me as a, as a Steelers fan. Uh, I think even with the the bias I hold, that that felt f- fair to me. Marquise Pouncy, gotta love his reaction.
1: And not fair. One game. Well, one game. Someone does that to your quarterback. That's how you respond. I think if it's maybe ju- the kicking was the a little. Too I was much. just
0: gonna say. I think. I think if it's just the punches, he gets two games. Uh, because you also want to get Okajobi a, a game for his part in it. Oh,
1: the coward. That's his name, Larry. Larry He's he's the coward. Yeah. The uh, one who pushed Rudolph down when Rudolph wasn't looking, and he's like, "Oh, I was." protecting my player no you weren't your player garrett was on the ground getting kicked by pouncey you weren't (laughs) protecting him at all you're being fucking coward
0: yeah so i think you give him one what pouncey did was demonstrably worse kicked the guy in the head while he was down so he gets three and they and he'll probably appeal and that'll get knocked down to two which which Winds up
1: missing the Browns
0: game, missing the next Browns game, which I think is appropriate. And when he heads
1: back, first time he goes back in the locker room, which has probably already happened, he gets standing O from the rest of the team. Oh,
0: absolutely, hundred percent. And then Mason Rudolph sure to get a fine. I haven't heard any reports of what that fine would be.
1: I know the teams got two hundred and fifty. Each team got two hundred and fifty thousand dollar fines.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also probably some more fines that are going to be handed out to players that left the bench. Yeah. Okay. And that's absolutely enough uh, about the Thursday night game. Uh, Moving on to the next game, Dallas at Detroit, Dak Prescott putting on a show winning 35 to 27. Um, Zeke, Zeke was bottled up even though he had two touchdowns
1: in this game. They had a tough time running the ball as they have most of the year, but throwing the ball wise, they've been very good throwing the ball all year long. Michael Gallup has just been tremendous. He had one insane catch in this game.
0: We had our next contested pick uh, Jacksonville at Indianapolis. Uh, you had chosen Indianapolis minus three. They won uh, 33 to
1: 13. Uh, yeah, Jac- Kobe Brissett came back. Um, you know, looked solid, looked a hell of a lot better than um, Brian Hoyer did the week before, losing to the Dolphins. Uh, T.Y. Hilton was still out, uh, and they did also lose Marlon Mack. They're starting running back to a broken hand in this game. So, uh, but the, And then there was the uh, Quentin Nelson keg stand in the end zone. Keg stand game.
0: celebration, yeah. that was great. Absolutely electric. Um, that's it. Buffalo at Miami. Buffalo winning 37-20. to 20. Miami continues to uh, suck.
1: Yeah, um, I don't have anything to add um, in this game. I know John Brown had a big game receiving-wise, but that's about it. I definitely didn't watch this game. Sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Next contested pick, we had Denver at Minneapolis. You had Denver uh, plus 10.5, and they only lost by a little bit. So 23-27, uh, to 27, you were red hot great comeback
1: by the Vikings in this game so they win 27-23 they scored 20 points in the fourth quarter they were down 23-7 to and Cousins leads stage a stages a big huge comeback which is really impressive and the Vikings go on to win 27-23 to so Vikings just checking all the boxes this year big win against winning teams on prime time games big comebacks uh, they're, they're doing it all this year I think the Vikings are hanging in there as a, as a team t- team to beat
0: Okay, next contested pick, New Orleans at Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay plus 5.5. You had chosen them. Mm, Lose.
1: Saints won 34-17, so that's definitely a loss in this one. Um, Good bounce-back game for the Saints after the tough loss to the Falcons. Um, Usually Tampa Bay plays them tough, not so much in this game.
0: Okay. The loser bowl of the week, New York Jets at Washington – New York Jets winning 34-17. to 17. It's hard to tell who sucks more in these games.
1: Did you see that the, the seats for lower bowl seats to this game were going for $15 a pop?
0: Yeah, you had sent, you had sent me that text. <laughs> a, lot of, uh, a lot of people dressed as seats in the crowd. <laughs>
1: yeah. And uh, Sammy D for the Jets throws four touchdown passes in this game. Uh, Jameson Crowder has a little bit of revenge, scoring a touchdown against his old team. uh the jets redskins let's move on
0: atlanta at carolina uh atlanta winning 29 to 3 i did not see this coming no
1: i about to break up the falcons huh they're gonna have a try to have a season after all that starting the year one and seven last week they beat the saints this week they go on the road and whoop the panthers 29 to 3 and kyle allen suddenly looks like um mr turnover with what 10 interceptions in his last four weeks he threw four interceptions in this game um they may be calling for to get cam newton back after this performance but it is nice to see the falcons and dan quinn kind of you know say enough is enough let's start to play better football and not cash in the season and do something about it you don't usually see that from teams so it's it's a it's a statement to the coach, I think, and to the players on the team.
0: I wonder what the future's odds on the Falcons uh, making the playoffs. At, well, they're
1: 3-7 and seven now. they got a ways to go. I mean, I don't know. It can't be good. Uh,
0: next, we had our uh, fourth contested pick of the week, yeah, Houston bad. at Baltimore. Uh, you had chosen Houston plus four and... Lamar Jackson and the Dirty Birds put on a fucking show.
1: Yeah, 41-7. to 7. Ravens win this game. Uh, I was excited to watch this game, and it didn't turn out good at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, I was really hoping Houston was going to be able to uh, pull this one off and, and keep Baltimore at least within striking distance. Yeah, no. um, not a chance.
1: Yeah, I think it says a lot about both teams. Houston's still not built for prime time you know to play with the big boys yet um, and the Ravens just have uh, something good going right now so um, two teams that you know the Texans are kind of who they are and the Ravens are headed you know arrow pointing up
0: quick update for real or not for real this new look Baltimore Ravens are uh, are they, are they actually a threat to beat you guys
1: I'll say real for this year um I'll say, it's not for real to last past five more years. You know, I'll put a cap on it. You know, I know the cap's kinda long, but I just feel like, you know, the like we've had this discussion in the prior weeks. The running quarterback thing, it's it's yeah, cool, it's sexy, it's fun when you see because you know It's you,
0: happening differently than it has in the past though. This no, guy No, it
1: isn't. Michael Vick was this guy Michael is Michael Vick was this is not guy. taking
0: the shots Michael Vic Vick has taken.
1: Michael Vick when he first came on did not take hits. He didn't.
0: He's more elusive. <laughs> you know
1: you're saying that he's more elusive than Michael Vick. I think so. No, no, he's not. They're if anything, they're the same. Michael Vick was superhuman. He was superhuman. And then when the incident start with, occurred, you know, he was more of a passer when he came back after being in prison, but you know, before the incident, the dogs incident, holy cow, Michael May- Vick was something.
0: Maybe he got a lot of practice being a receiver in prison and just wanted to dish it out
1: i don't know but uh and then you had you know you had colin kaepernick how long did that last rg3 how long did that last so cordell I mean, stewart <laughs> cordell stewart you know the, these running quarterbacks as soon as they they lose that top end burst gear which i think only lasts three four five more years then you know they get start getting accumulating the hits and they start having to become more of a passer, and that's where it all fails for them. so
0: yeah, but that, I, I, that's why I think I think he's proven that he also has an arm though. but I
1: know, but how much is, how much longer is the elusiveness going to last? Ten more years? No, hmm. he's not built to last like that.
0: That's still a nice window though, five no. years.
1: Yeah, five years.
0: Max I say. okay. Uh, moving on. Arizona at San Francisco, uh, San Francisco giving up 11.5 points. God damn it, these guys are good. And you're good too, Johnny, because you picked Arizona, and they they and, covered. Well,
1: it was close too because this was a bad beat. There. So there was a play at the end of the game uh, where the Cardinals were lateraling, lateraling the ball down three, and it got booted around and it popped up to a 49ers player and he ran it into the end zone. And they so they scored the six to make it – 36 26 but they didn't kick the extra point or go for two that was just the game was at double zero so they won by 10 but arizona was in control of this game and it was it was a big comeback at the end for san francisco outscoring the cardinals 19 to 7 in the fourth quarter, I mean, we're watching. We got the game on the NFL Network right
0: now, and it's nine to nothing in the second quarter. Cardinals. Kyler but, Murray looked great in this, yes. and and you 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 know, there's no such thing as a good loss, but if if you could have one, he had a good loss except for that fumble. He was down.
1: <laughs> no, but it, you know, it's like I said the week before, the Niners had that tough loss to Seattle, and so they weren't unbeaten anymore. So you know, you kind of had a feeling that the. There would be a little bit of a letdown spot here. And there was, but they were able to hang on for the win.
0: Next we had the only perfect season candidate in the Cincinnati Bengals. 0-9 Cincinnati Bengals. Heading to uh, Oakland. <laughs> Oakland minus 10 in this game. They let you down, John. Losing, didn't,
1: no, I didn't take the Bengals? 10-17. to Oh, I took you, Oakland. You took Oakland. Okay. Yep, 17-10, but break up the Raiders. They are now 6-4 and four
0: in the hunt. <laughs> okay. Uh, next, we had our final contested pick. We only had the uh, the five uh, working off of Marty's list. You guys actually agreed a lot on a lot of the picks this week. Going forward, I think I'll call an audible if that happens in our, uh, in our next uh, pick segment. But uh, New England at Philadelphia... Johnny, you had chosen Philadelphia uh, to cover oh, that three Jesus. and a half.
1: Didn't I say last week? Don't you don't make a living betting against the Pats. Yep, idiot.
0: Pats win seventeen to ten.
1: Yeah, no, I thought the uh, the Patriots defense played very well. They got down early, ten to nothing in this game, and I thought the the offensive struggles of the Patriots continued, which is disappointing. I know Tom Brady is not very happy about it. Um,
0: well, maybe if he wasn't allergic to throwing to people who are under the age of twenty-five, he well, wouldn't the have well. Nikhil Harry issue.
1: got three targets, or four targets, three catches this week. So, you know. Yeah,
0: but only after he only after there was an injury. No, he
1: started. He was in there early, and he played a lot of sets, and he was a really good run blocker too, which was nice to see. And he ran most of the routes that they're expected to in that offense. So it's a good sign for Harry moving forward. Uh, Dorsett did leave with a head, hand injury. Uh, Sunu looked a little banged up. Uh, Edelman did drop a touchdown pass in this game, but he also threw for one. Um,
0: <laughs> the old Philly special—you gotta love doing it there, huh?
1: Yeah. So, um, we'll see. But they are nine one one. Uh, oh, another news: Gronk decided not to come back today. Instead, oh. it's going to be a Gronk Beach, a uh, Super Bowl party on South Beach, a concert with Rick Ross, Flow Rider.
0: Oh, so that's what that tweet was about.
1: Yep so i decided to you
0: are visibly upset right now i
1: decided to block rob gronkowski from my timeline fuck him
0: no john i'm tired
1: of it stop using the patriots in the nfl and your fans of the team to sell whatever you're trying to sell apparently he got a million (laughs) dollars to promote this event you know and and for the super bowl down in miami that's the gronk beach thing uh no, no. You're using your fa- the Patriots fans and you're teasing them. It's like the boy who cried wolf. You know, I'm not going to fall for it over and over and over again. And yeah. it pisses me off. But in other news, Antonio Brown apologized on Instagram and Twitter today to Robert Kraft and the Patriots organization. And there's buzz. There's buzz going around that there's a potentially return brewing for Antonio Brown to the Patriots. If this, you know, if he ends up talking to Kraft. So when he apologized earlier today on Instagram, today is November 19th, uh, it was liked by about half of the New England Patriots players. The, you know, most of the captains liked the Instagram post. Tom Brady liked the Instagram post. So the, clearly Jesus the Christ. players on the team want him back. He's being paid by the organization. No matter what, he's getting paid that $9 million. So if Robert Kraft can accept Antonio Brown's apology, we may see Antonio Brown come back to the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, didn't believe it either, but when I wanna, saw, I, heard, wanna, I heard, heard will, that there was some buzz, I was like, whoa. Jesus
0: fucking Christ. All right, should we just start talking about Le'Veon Bell now? Because we've talked about all the people I don't want to talk about. We've already done Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, We're no on Antonio kidding, Brown are? now. Should we...
1: I don't know. We'll see.
0: We can talk about Ted Bundy after Ted that, Bundy,
1: too. Yeah, Ted Bundy, All the great characters in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> all uh, right. No, let's move on to the... Sh- Chicago. ...return of Todd Gurley. At Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the Gurley man was back for the first time this year. He looked like himself. The Rams go on to win 17-7. to
0: The Chicago Bears cannot buy a fucking field goal.
1: <laughs> Eddie Pinero. Yeah, he's... Uh, not good, and then Trubisky ends up getting benched in this game. It was blamed on a hip injury, in quotation marks. Uh, but, no, he was benched.
0: No, this way, de- Nagy definitely pulled the goalie in this one mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just tr- throwing a <laughs> throwing a little ha- literal Hail Mary, seeing if Chase Daniel could spark anything in this team. It, like I
1: said before, though, if this Bears offense and Trubisky, it's Nagy's fault for not running the offense to what Trubisky's strengths are and getting him outside of the pocket and getting him on the move. He's not doing that. He hasn't done it all year. He had the bye week to fix it, and he didn't fix it. So I find it's just as much Nagy's fault as it is Trubisky's fault. And they're not doing the number two pick in the draft, a guy they chose over Christian McCaffrey, um, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. They're not doing him any favors um, with the offensive game plan. So that's all I'll
0: say about that. So Chicago winds up losing seven to seventeen. Moving on, for the Monday night game, we had the Kansas City Chiefs at the LA Chargers, and it looked like Phillip Rivers didn't know which team he was supposed to throw to.
1: That's seven interceptions now the last two weeks for Phillip Rivers. He looks done zo. No, it was predictable, too, because any they've lost uh, all seven of their games this year have been by one score, and Phillip Rivers is just his thing is the last possession of the game throwing an interception. It's like what he does, and a lot of times he does throws the interception in the end zone, which it's just his thing.
0: And somehow, even though they were able to intercept all of those passes, the Kansas City defense was still also able to melt down a little bit and almost allow mm-hmm. the comeback. You know, so they
1: wanted to. They they were trying <laughs> They were trying to lose it. Rivers was like, "No, no, 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 no." No. I like throwing to the other team. And Mahomes wasn't great in this game either, and they lost Tyreek Hill to um a potential hamstring injury. He's going to have an MRI in the next day or two. Uh so Tyreek Hill could be out for some time. They do have a bye week this week. The Chiefs do. Um But, you know, Mahomes did not put up good stats in this game, only threw for one touchdown pass. And I don't hear him being ripped too much in the media like I do after Brady has one of those games. But such is
0: life. Okay. Not at all bitter about it, are you, John? No. All right, moving into the week that is to come. Johnny, this is a a really good slate of games.
1: Yeah, all the primetime games this week are fantastic. Locked and loaded. I think it's the first time in a long time that we've seen all the primetime games be between, this late in the year, be between um, all these winning teams. So, something to look forward to.
0: Alright, let's get right into it. Uh, First game we have is, and let me take a moment here to just whip up uh, Marty's picks that he has sent me so we can... um, Make sure we get all the contested picks in, and and he uh, he gained gained on you a little bit uh, in this last week. We only had five picks, uh, and he went three and two there. So wow. it, the score is now twenty six to thirty one. So he's gaining on you. All right, starting us off, Indianapolis at Houston. Houston is minus three and a half. I'm gonna go
1: Houston minus three and a half. Bounce back game here, and I think pretty sure T. Y. Hilton got ruled out today, um, so that's a big loss for India offensively, and now they're going to be without their starting running back, Marlon Mack. So yeah, I feel pretty good about Houston in this game.
0: Okay, dokie. Next we have Tampa Bay at Atlanta. Atlanta minus four.
1: Well, I'm going to ride the Atlanta wave, and I'm going to keep going with Atlanta. Atlanta minus four.
0: Next we have Denver. At Buffalo, Buffalo minus four. Buffalo's got a tough road ahead. This is probably their only easy game going forward. Okay, but
1: so that'll make me. I'll take Buffalo minus four.
0: I'm really hoping um, that Buffalo uh, loses out going forward, uh, and there's a good chance they might. They have Dallas, they have Baltimore, they have New England coming up. It's it's going to be a tough road ahead for them. Next we have the New York Giants uh, heading into the Windy City. Uh, Chicago minus six and a half. Johnny, do you think they can pull it together? Uh, This is a tricky one. Um, Is there any fight left in the New York Giants? Well, I think
1: so coming after off a bye. Did Saquon Barkley get any healthier? That's what I want to know. Uh, I know the Bears are going to be tough to pass against, but you can run the ball a little bit on them like Gurley showed, but is Barkley going to be healthy? Um, Is Trubisky going to start? All the big questions. But the line suggests to me that I'm going to go with the favorite
0: again here. I'm going to go Chicago minus 6.5. Next we have the Pittsburgh Steelers headed to Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati home dogs plus 6.5.
1: I'm going to go with the favorite again here. Steelers minus 6.5.
0: Okay, next we have the Miami Dolphins headed to the dog pound. No Miles Garrett in this game. Cleveland is still favored uh, by ten and a half.
1: I'm going to go Miami plus ten and a half here.
0: Okay, we have our first contested pick, thank God, (laughs) of the week. Marty is picking uh, the Browns in this game. Okay. Next we have Carolina limping into New Orleans. New Orleans minus nine and a half. What do you expect to see out of this, John?
1: Uh, I'm going to go Carolina plus nine and a half here.
0: Wow. Obviously thinking they'll lose but make it close?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: We have the Oakland Raiders at the New York Jets. New York Jets, home dogs, plus two and a half. This is a tricky one, huh? I mean,
1: this one says take Oakland, right? All right, so it says Oakland two and a half. Hell yeah, on a 6-4 team against a 3-7 team.
0: Well, the New York Jets are hot off of beating Washington, so
1: they're on a roll. The Raiders are going to find a way to mess this up, aren't they? They're going to lose to the Jets. They're going to find a way to mess this up. Whatever, I'm, I'll be the sucker here. I'll take Oakland minus two and a half.
0: Well, we got a sucker in, Marty, as well.
1: Let's be suckers together. <laughs> Suck me right in. Don't bet the house. Do the opposite of that.
0: Don't bet it. Stay yeah, away from this exactly.
1: one. Exactly. Something's up here. It's fishy.
0: All right. Seattle at Philadelphia. Philadelphia minus one and a half.
1: This is another tricky one. I mean, eight and two Seattle at five and five Eagles.
0: Tough place to play, though.
1: Yeah. Russell Wilson. Oh, man, how do you not take the Seahawks here? It's like, am I going to be a sucker for all these or am I going to bounce around? I'm going to bounce around. Frickin I'll. What? I. I... Uh, this this one is tough, man. No, I, I'm gonna go. Are C- you
0: sitting on a hibachi? What's happening? I'm going there? Seahawks plus one and a half. <laughs>
1: Seahawks plus one and a half.
0: Jesus Christ! <clears throat> these uh, these contested picks don't work too well when Marty's not here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I think get after some of these here, and um, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ahead and contest that on Marty's behalf. And and if we wind up with the next uh four out of the next five being contested, uh then maybe I'll con consider <laughs> changing it. But hmm. we gotta we gotta have something going here. Alright. Next we have Detroit in uh heading into Washington to play the racists. Fun. Plus three and a half. Does anybody care? Uh
1: I just the the Redskins are just they seem to be uh an organization in the dumpster with no desire to remove themselves. So I'm going to go Detroit, minus three and a half. Okay. Jacksonville at Tennessee,
0: Tennessee minus three.
1: Yep, Tennessee minus three. Although this is another one that was lined for, I would expect Tennessee to be like five ish. So minus three scares me a little. But I'm going to go Tennessee here, minus three.
0: Okay. Well, you know, mathematically, we're out of getting six in there. So I'm going to um, go a little bit back in time and contest the um, Denver at Buffalo, even though I talked you into it. That was one of the ones we were on the fence. It's a tough week
1: for betting. If you're going to bet, bet light this week.
0: Okay. Uh, Next, we have Dallas at New England. New England minus six and a half.
1: Fucking A, man. All these games are tough.
0: Um...
1: You know, I'm going to go Patriots minus six and a half.
0: Thank God. Marty is contesting that. Good for you guys. You guys are both I'm supportive. not doing what I usually do. That's what's bothering
1: me. <laughs> like, I, I would usually take Dallas plus six and a half here.
0: Well, I'm proud of you. Stepping outside of yourself. Remember, last week, we talked about it. It's never a bad bet to bet the Patriots.
1: Right, but I'm afraid that, so like in a teaser bet where you take two teams, that's why this line at six and a half, like, in, and you can tease the Patriots down to a half just to win, and the teaser bets never win because, you know, you tease the team down to just, they just have to win by a half, and it never works out that way because the other team wins when it's, it's you know, just, so it's just something funky about the line. I kind of see the Cowboys winning this game. Now that I see Straight the line, out. yeah. Now that I see the line, if well, the Patriots are either either going to cover, they're either going to cover. The Patriots will either cover or they're going to lose. It's not going to be uh, Patriots by one, two, three, four, five, or six.
0: Okay, I'm excited for this next game, man. Sunday night football under the lights. This is going to be electric television. Battle of the greatest quarterbacks on turf today. Continue. No, I'm, I'm sh- interested sh- to hear <laughs> this. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, Green Bay at San Francisco. San Francisco minus three.
1: I'm going to go Green Bay. My uh, Green Bay plus three in this
0: situation. Okay. And good golly, Miss Molly. Marty has picked San Francisco minus three. So we have at least five contested picks uh, for the week so far. Heading into what is going to be probably the second most electric game of the week. Baltimore at the Los Angeles Rams. Rams, Marcus
1: Peters revenge game.
0: Rams, home dogs plus three. I'm going Rams plus three. Fuck yes. I love it when a plan comes together. Marty has Baltimore minus three. Yep. I can smell these picks a mile away. (laughs) Favorite, 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 favorite. He's all over the chalk. Yeah,
1: he's a chalk donkey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that does it for our look ahead.
1: Week twelve should be fun, but it should be a
0: tricky week to bet though. Well, you heard it here first. Uh, the Green Mountain Grinder says, "Bet light, boys. Bet light." We take the week off, maybe.
1: I've almost suggested this uh, as earlier today is maybe something part of our show going forward. You know, as I was listening to Colin Cowherd's show earlier today, the three of us, Marty's a Cowboys fan, you're a Steelers fan, I'm a Patriots fan. Those are three of the top four teams in the NFL Mm -hmm. as far as, like, um, numbers go. Like, those are the biggest draws. The biggest markets. Biggest markets, you know, the biggest draws for the national TV audiences. So I think that it would actually maybe, people can let us know if you want to hear more of it, but if we are more... Cowboy, Steeler, Patriot focused and just kind of focus on those teams. Um, And, you know, just a little bit of less of the rest of the NFL, more just on those three teams. We can give it to you because those are are what we know the most about are those three teams. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, we're happy to go with whatever. But I just think that, you know, one rule in radio and, you know, radio stations and on the media, the rule number one is play the hits. You know, yeah. play, play what works over and over again. Play the hits over and over again. So, you know, let us know. Let us know
0: if you want us to be a Steelers, Cowboys, and Patriots centric podcast. Uh, no chance we're going to talk about Green Bay, right? No, Green
1: Bay is one of the the staple organizations, but <laughs> we're like like I said, we're not. None of us are a big Green Bay fan. So,
0: all right. So I guess we're also uh, putting the beacon out there. If you'd like to join the Green Mountain Sports Roundup, and you are a <laughs> <Packers> Green, <fan. laughs> Green Bay Packers fan, uh, get a hold of Johnny on Twitter at Green Mountain Grinder. Hey, special shout out to our friends in Singapore. Uh, don't know who you are, but uh, thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate you. And uh, the
1: Netherlands, we got Singapore and the Netherlands on on the books this year. So with multiple listens,
0: that's awesome. So I, I mean, yeah. thanks to everybody uh, who takes time out of your day to. To listen to us ramble on um, about stuff we love. So uh, we really appreciate y'all. And if you appreciate us, please like, subscribe, um, write reviews, tell your friends, share our stuff on Facebook, um, interact with us, send us questions, things you want to hear on the podcast. Uh, the more uh, listener feedback we get, the more we can give you stuff you want to listen to. So yeah. Um, from me and Johnny at Green Mountain Grinder on Twitter. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a good week.
1: Later.